Alexa, who is Adam Ferrara? Adam Ferrara is an American actor and comedian known for playing the roles of Chief Needles Nelson on Rescue Me, Sergeant Frank Virelli opposite Edie Falco on Nurse Jackie. He was a co-host on the U.S. version of Top Gear. He has had three Comedy Central specials and his new album is called It's Scary In Here. Adam's new podcast is a big hit and available everywhere. Sounds like it could be funny. Sounds to me like 30 minutes you'll never get back. Well, I'm glad we made it. And we got another great show for you this week. My guest in the ADD interview is motocross competitor, entrepreneur, and all-around badass Carrie Hart. And we want to welcome everyone from our Talk To Me Tuesday family. That's our conversation we have every week, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Go to my website, click the link, and join the conversation. And our super fan shout-out is for Tyler. Say hi to Tyler, everybody. Hey, Tyler. How you doing, Tyler? And Tyler, if Mark was here, he would say, hey, Tyler, but he's not. Uh, he is at the, the U.S. Open and he's getting flooded, too. I mean, I'm in New York City. Alex is back at the Abbey Normal Studios. Phil is adrift. Still adrift. And I'm here in New York City with all the water coming through the subways. I don't know if you saw the, uh, the videos. Alex sent me videos of the subways flooding because she got <laughs> nervous. And I'm standing here watching the subways flood. I'm like, honey. I don't need the video. I'm watching the one and nine flume ride come down from the Bronx right now. <laughs> it's all better now. It's just like it was so much rainfall in a short period of time. And New York's not ready for that shit. You know, it's just like, oh, all right, flood the subways. And here in New York City, every time it rains, there's going to be a guy in a corner selling you an umbrella for five dollars. As soon as the first raindrop hits your head, it's like five dollars, umbrella, five dollars. Same thing happened here. The subways flood. They were right there like life jackets, life jackets, five dollars, <laughs> life jackets. But it was weird. Everything, everything, everything uh, just, you know, just flooded. I'm just thankful I'm not with you because when I'm hanging out in your apartment, you don't let me go to the bathroom there. So what I have to swim to the billiard hall. You if, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. If, if, <laughs> if, 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 if Phil has to poo, <laughs> it's not going to be here. Here's the reason Phil can't poo in the apartment, because it's going to stink. OK, it's been it, it was here for a few days after you left. OK, it was just that one time and it, it was because I altered my diet. That happens to anyone. Well, not going to happen to me. Not in my house. <laughs> so you would make me you would make me swim and tread water to go to the bathroom. Adam. I don't care where you go as long as it's not in here. Yeah, honey. All right. All right. I have known you for a while. Mm -hmm. I have uh, walked into a bathroom or two with certain mm -hmm. smells. Smells I've never smelled before. So right. I think we should go a little easy on Phil. And at least I let understand. Him go to the bathroom when it's pouring rain. I, I understand, honey. But here's the thing is, is I, I own the house. I have the right to kill it. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. I'm not the it. only one that deals with this. You've taken many a crap in my apartment. I've smelled some stuff. What are you? Not <laughs> like you. Not like yes, you. Sir. I, oh, yes. Oh, no. Phil, I was I was I was concerned about you. I'm like, he's rotting from the inside. He's going to be dead in a week. <laughs> Come on. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> The point is there was flooding and Stern's not here because he's at the U.S. Open and the flooding got him, too. He left me a message. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Hey, man, it's Mark. I am so sorry I can't be there for the taping this week. You know, I'm at the U.S. Open and it's such a crazy week with the flooding, you know, and a huge storm earlier in the week. And now I'm just running around here in my little shorts and my soggy <laughs> balls because I'm a mess. That's what I am. I'm a mess with shorts and soggy balls. 
I'll see you, man. Miss you guys. Yeah. So there he is at the U.S. Open. Phil's poo and soggy balls. Is this what we want to introduce Carrie Hart with? Come on. <laughs> Not really, but this is where we are. I, I, I want to apologize to Carrie Hart for, for Phil's ass and Mark's balls. <laughs> Goodness. Yes, I'm, we're sorry, Carrie. Oh, my God. Actually, I want to read you this email I got because it really uh, it, it touched my heart. And I would and I want to share it with you. Uh, hi, Adam. I grew up on Top Gear US, one of my favorite shows. Uh, Tanner was my favorite because he drove like a beast. So obviously the kid has questionable taste what? <laughs> or possibly suffered a head wound. I'm not going to judge him <laughs> because he didn't. Pick uh, you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but you were the best trio on TV. Top Gear was by far the best Top Gear they made. Uh, honestly, you guys helped me through a rough time in my life back when my dad didn't know how to be a dad. He tried, I guess. But you're not here to hear my backstory. I just wanted to say hello and thank you. You guys grew up teaching me the best and worst vehicles and decision making. LOL. How how cool is that? The guy, the, the kid, I don't know if the kid had the foresight then, but he's got it now about his dad didn't know how to be a dad. You know, it's not like, how could you do this to me? I'm like, he had a bigger awareness of the world. And I just thought that that was great. Yeah. To come up with that realization and have that insight. So, yeah. You know, it takes it takes a lifetime or therapy to come to that conclusion. Oh, I'm a grown man and I still have a tremendous amount of denial and blame. And that's it. I don't want to. <laughs> sorry. It's just easy that way. How could you do this to me? Well, yeah, no, I just love the, uh, the statement that he didn't know how to be a dad. And I relate to that because I, it never occurred to me before. But, mm. my, you know, I know you had a great relationship with your dad. It was it wasn't a perfect relationship. But the, the, the thing that 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 touched me about this was. He uh, we, we could help him get through it. And, and talking to uh, Carrie Hart, uh, their families, their birth families gave up and that's OK, but we're not going to do that. So that was something that uh, I was really struck by. And I think I mentioned in the interview, something's either a warning or an example. And uh, they just took it as a warning and did the work. You can see the work they did on themselves. And and to change, change is hard because you got to you got to you got to examine yourself. And that's why I prefer denial and blame. It's all your people's fault. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with denial and blame, too. I don't want to self-examine. You do enough of that for me, by the way. I don't have to do it on my own because you point out you point out everything with me. But I never do it unsolicited. You always ask me. You're always like, yeah, oh, I, I don't true. know. Yeah. So and then, then when I tell you, like, ah, what do you know? And then because <laughs> I don't want to hear the shit you're telling me. I want to hear what I want you to tell me. Exactly. That's why change is so hard. Yeah. Hon. Well, I saw the documentary and you're saying that they work so hard. It just seemed like they worked as a team, mm -hmm. you know, that it's like they really knew each other and they're like, hey, this is what's happening here. And they they communicated as a team. And that to me was wonderful to see it was very inspirational and it made me love them more that's good and did you yeah. realize after seeing that how lucky you are to have me no comment <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's it, it speaking the same language and and knowing what things you have to work on look i go from zero to homicide i yell so i got to work on the yelling we've talked about this before phil what do you got to work on besides your diet i have to be comfortable in my own skin yeah. I'm not comfortable. In my, yeah, I'm not comfortable in my own skin. Not all the time, sometimes, but not all the time. OK, I, I have to say that I want to try and be more in the present. Me too. Me too, because because I I, I'm caught in, in the thought process that all salvation is the future. I'm, I'm caught in when and then when I get there, then I'll be happy. Oh, that'll happen. You're so dramatic. I'm, I'm not dramatic. Love me. 
Love me now. <laughs> no, it's it's all future thinking. It's all that. That's what it is. It's, and when you go there, it triggers a desire and fear. I got to get it. I got to get it. What if I don't? And that's when I start yelling. All right. So I think we learned I have to be more patient uh, and try not to get caught in future thinking. And according to my wife, stop being so dramatic. <laughs> that voice. Yeah, Phil, Phil wants to be comfortable in his own skin and Alex wants to stay in the present moment uh, herself. I would also think that Phil needs some enzymes. Just saying. And maybe, maybe Phil, shove a room freshener in your ass. Maybe that could help. <laughs> I have no comment about this at all. I'm, I'm moving on. Okay, I'm, I'm moving on. I, I just want to apologize to Carrie once again. Yes, this has gone horribly wrong, Carrie. We're sorry. <laughs> about Mark, we seem to always be talking about Phil's poo. Yeah, but uh, but uh, but I am grateful that uh, uh, Carrie Hart made some time for us. He's a really, really interesting guy. And like I said, he's just an all around badass, this dude. And he's 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 looking at himself to change to be better for him and his family. And I and we all commend that here at the home office. So you guys listen to this and we will see you on the other side. We all have some behavior that we would like to change about ourselves. We all care about our future, right? We want to be happy. We want to be healthy in the future. We want to be successful. And we certainly all want to help someone else change their behavior in a positive way. Ah, what do you know? Because <laughs> I don't want to hear the shit you're telling me. I want to hear what I want you to tell me. You're listening to the Adam Ferrara podcast. This is 30 minutes you'll never get back. I am in no mood for this crap. I am so happy to be back out on the road doing stand-up. And frankly, so is Alex. September 10th through the 12th, I will be at the Chicago Improv. September 24th and 25th, I will be at Flappers in Burbank, California. Wednesday, October 6th, I will be at the Listening Room in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Thursday, October 7th, I will be at the Park Theater in Holland, Michigan. Friday, October 8th, I will be at Bill's Lounge in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Saturday, October 9th, I will be at the Back Alley Comedy Club in Muskegon, Michigan. That's a lot of Michigan. October 14th through the 16th, I will be at Hilarities in Cleveland, Ohio. October 28th through the 30th, I will be at the Comics Roadhouse at the Mohegan Sun Casino in Uncasville, Connecticut. There's a link for tickets right here in the show notes, so you can go to my website and click the link there. And you know I want to thank you. Yes, I do. Make any of these gigs, please come up after the show and let me thank you for all the love and support you've shown me and this podcast. All right, go on. Get out of here. Pay attention when I'm talking to you, boy. ADHD, it's not just for kids. Nice boy, but doesn't listen to a word you say. Welcome to the ADD interview. It's not that you're not interesting, it's just that I can't focus. And my guest this week is... Oh, look, a bird! My guest this week is an adrenaline-fueled renaissance man. He's a motorcycle racer, a freestyle motocross rider who is known for being the first one to perform a backflip on a 250cc bike during a competition. I believe the initial reaction was, holy shit, did that just happen? He's an entrepreneur who founded H&H Tattoo and Clothing, which was featured on the A&E show Inked. He's a street bike builder whose charity, Good Rides, uses 100% of its proceeds to help veterans and military families in need. He and his wife, Pink, just celebrated their 15-year wedding anniversary. He was raised in Vegas and has broken over 80 bones in his body. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is Carrie Hart. How are you, my friend? I'm great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. 
Oh, thank you so much. Okay. I want to hear, I'm going to start at the beginning, but I got to tell you right now, you broke 80 bones in your body and you're from Vegas. My initial thought was, did you owe money? <laughs> yeah, that could be the natural correlation, but um, <laughs> not nah, dirt bikes, man. I, I started riding at four and mm-hmm. it was a pretty serious, a pretty serious job by the time I was 12. Yeah. Turn, turn pro at 17 and the rest is history. But uh, a bad day at the office for me isn't, is, isn't a very nice day. You usually leave in an ambulance and you're going into surgery or getting a cast put on your body. Yeah. Over eight. First of all, I didn't know there were over 80 bones in the body. And when I read that about you, I was like, I'll be honest with you, Carrie, after the first one, I'm like, eh, maybe this ain't for me. How do you, how, when was the first time you broke a bone? Uh, I was 12 years old, uh, okay. broken arm, nothing too crazy. Right, but, right. You know, just the trials and tribulations of being a motocross rider. And, and for the record, a lot of those bones were broken multiple times. So oh, it's okay. not, not 80 individual bones. Uh, I, I broke quite a few of them two and three times. I'll tell you what, Carrie, that doesn't make it any better for me. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but you have that when I, you have that mentality of that. When I said adrenaline fueled Renaissance, man, I, I can, I see it. I mean, I've, I've been around, I was on a show called top gear and I was uh, with a race car driver. Yeah. And my friend Tanner Faust. And this is why uh, this is one of the things I noticed in you that I don't possess. And I didn't know it until we were in that heat of the battle is we were doing a lemons race. Not granted, Carrie, it's TV, you know, it, it's yeah. a story, but we're doing a lemons race where we're all together. I'm going into a turn. I see the pocket. I can make up time, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rub this guy and either flip him or just I'm going to ruin his day. I lift it. I get back to the pit. Tanner jumps in, and I'm kicking myself. Rutledge Wood, who's on the show, sees my face. He's like, what's the matter? I'm like, ah, I saw the pocket. I knew what to do, but I didn't do it. And he goes, what's the matter? You're not a race car driver. You don't have that instinct. <laughs> And I'm not a motocross guy. I don't have that instinct, but you have that instinct. And my question to you is this, that instinct, is that what made you try that flip that's never been done in competition before? And was there an opening where you're like, was there any decision to do it or did you just do it? Well, that's the thing about motocross, whether you're looking at it from a freestyle standpoint, you know, where you're the only one on the course, but you're Mm -hmm. trying to push the envelope um, or from a racing standpoint. I mean, the difference of winning and losing is either to your point lifting or slowing down or second guessing yourself, you know, there. So as it pertains to the flip, you know, this, this was pre foam pits. This was free pre Mm -hmm. any kind of safety measures. So it wasn't like I woke up the morning of the contest and decided, Hey, I'm going to go flip a dirt bike today. There was much preparation that went into it. Um, It was more uh, from a BMX standpoint, learning flips, being comfortable upside down, understanding how the rotation works. Um, understanding how your body can control the the speed, whether speed up or slow down the flip. Mm. Um, I learned, I learned 90% of it on the BMX side, right. <clears throat> but now, you know, going back to being 25 years old and, you know, pushing the boundaries and having, you know, that, that instinct to want to win anything that you compete in, mm. there is the time where it's like, okay, you know, it's live television. There's 20,000 people watching, you know, it's time to put it on the line and any kind of hesitation, that's where you end up getting hurt. So to your point, you know, you're going through in your mind, either you're worried about hurting yourself or the person in the other car. If that was a top level race situation, there would be no hesitation. There wouldn't yeah. be no concern about you nor the other driver. It's about, I got to find that hole so I can get in first place. Yeah, I get that. I have that, that, that laser focus on stage. You know, I'm a standup. So I get it on stage, talking to the audience. There's no thinking. That's my, that's my state of grace. Yeah. Um, 
And I can see it in other artists and other co- competitors like you. So I could see that. And you know, I'm like, there, there's no there's no moment of indecision. That moment of indecision is what kills you. Exactly. And yeah. that's the thing. It's like, that's why, you know, no one's cheated father time. These are young men sports, <laughs> yeah. you know, to have that, have that intensity and have that quick response and have that low fear level. I mean, that's yeah. what separates the, the boys from the men in this situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a reason the infantry is made up of the kids. Exactly. They still bounce. I don't bounce so well anymore. <laughs> well, now you're actually, you're a street bike builder now. Yeah. So it's, it's been fun, you know, like, like I was saying a second ago, I, you know, no one can cheat father time. So I'm not going to expect that I can, um, yeah. you know, I, I, you know, my day job is still riding motocross. Um, fortunately enough, I don't have to compete anymore. So mm-hmm. I still do lots of photo trips and film trips for Fox and, and I still love racing and luckily enough, probably comparable to some of the stuff you do. I get to run the plus 40 pro class, not just the pro, the, the pro class at the local national. So yeah. that, is, you know, that is my day job, but kind of jumping the fence, going from the old guy in motocross to the young guy in V twin, it's actually been really fun to start building motorcycles. You know, I've, I've always been a tinker, you know, right. through my motocross career, I never made it to the factory levels or racer as a freestyle rider, you know, it's kind of Roma you brung and I always had to build my motorcycles. So from a privateer motocross racer through my freestyle career, I've always liked to tinker, you know, it's kind of what keeps the voices quiet in my head. I don't, I don't sit still very well. And it wasn't anything on purpose, but about five years ago, you know, I've always been a fan of V twin American made V twin motorcycles. <clears throat> if I wasn't on my dirt bike, I was out cruising around with my buddies right. and I just started kind of tinker on motorcycles and it kind of, caught the eye of some magazines, which led into getting some invites on uh, uh, custom bike build tours. And it's just kind of slowly built into where I am now. And what I'm doing now is I'm a, I'm a brand ambassador for Indian motorcycles. Mm-hmm. I do anywhere from two to five custom builds a year. And I get to go to events. You know, I go to, I, I just got back from Sturgis. So I'm out there shaking hands, kissing babies, talking about the good old days of motocross. So it's, uh, it's definitely filled a void in me of what I used to do when I was young and reckless and traveling the world, raising hell with my buddies. Now I travel the country, raising hell with my buddies. We're older and we're on street bikes. Yeah. And, and you're raising money for, for charity. My friend, I want to talk to you about, about good rides. You guys just yeah, got back from Sturgis and, and you're doing a great thing for veterans and military families. It's been a fun project, you know, like through my motocross career, I've always wanted to do, I mean, I've always done charitable things, you know, mm-hmm. contributing and whatnot, but I've always wanted to come up with a way to do my own charity. And it's a little tricky in the action sports world. You know, there's a lot of great organizations out there that already support injured athletes and different situations. And it's really kind of hard to fundraise, you know, from a motocross standpoint. So Mm -hmm. again, when I jumped the fence and started working with Indian, Indian has me go to five or six big rallies a year. And, you know, those rallies are a great time. You know, it's drinking beer and kicking tires and, you know, having a great old time, but there's also a lot of downtime. And while uh, going to these events, I noticed there's a massive, not only veteran contingency, but active military contingency mm. that goes to these events and that rides uh, street bikes. So me and Big B kind of got the idea of, hey, you know, selfishly, you know, we're in Daytona or Sturgis for a week. Let's selfishly, you know, uh, put away our things for one day. Let's put together an organized ride. Let's go out and raise sponsor dollars and raise money for veterans. So uh, we started that six years ago now. Um, and over the course of the years, we've slowly built this into a pretty strong machine. We do two to three, uh, organized rides a year, you know, COVID's a little questionable, but two to right. three a year, we do a custom painted tank event, um, where we have some of the top artists from all over the country paint tanks and we auction everything off. And then we then, well, we are a 501 C three, 
But then we turned the finances over to Infinite Hero, which is Oakley's military charity. And uh, they're, they're doing some amazing things with it. Yeah, I, I, when I was reading about that, I, I wanted that to ask you uh, about giving back. And I also wanted to ask about Sturgis because we filmed there one year. Okay, I got, I got to, I had the best conditions, Carrie, to ride a bike. They gave me, uh-huh. they gave me a bike. They gave me a camera car. They closed the road. And wow. they said, go. Yeah, I got up to 90. I went, and, if, and they're like, fast. I'm like, this is enough. Are you crazy? You're like, I'm good. When you guys are on your rides up there, it is insane for anyone who hasn't been in Sturgis. It took us two hours to make a left turn. Yeah, it, it gets a little intense. This year was a very intense year. Yeah. They had about, uh, they, they were claiming probably about 700,000 motorcycles, not people, but motorcycles. Yeah, yeah. And that, but that community, there's an energy that I felt in Sturgis. Because a lot yeah, of absolutely. People, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, the energy, whether it's Sturgis or you go to Daytona or some mm-hmm. of these you know, large and small motorcycle events. The thing about the, the at least in America, as it pertains to V-Twin, that community is very passionate. You know, a, a lot, like I said earlier, a lot of them have there's a big veteran contingency or active duty military contingency. It's a very proud, you know, American group of people. And they all kind of have the same, you know, same outlook, like, you know, raise hell, ride motorcycles, have fun. And it's, you know, I think for a lot of people, it's, it's a great, especially in the landscape nowadays, it's, it's a great vacation from life. You know, yeah. no matter what your day job is, you know, they lace up their boots and their jeans and their sleeveless t-shirt and, you know, they're, they're Fonda, an easy rider for a week. <laughs> yeah. you know, and I think there's, I think there's something pretty special about that. You know, there's not many things that you can do today that you have that kind of escapism and, and the camaraderie along with it. Yeah, I get the same thing, but I get it on four wheels. In my head, I'm not fond of an easy rider. I'm, I'm Steve McQueen in the 398 fastback. Just, there you go. Exactly. You know, so it's all comparable. Yeah, but the, but I actually, as as an outsider at Sturgis, my first time, I, I actually felt that, and I wanted to ask you about it because you're steeped in there. So I was uh, thank you for for confirming what I did feel. So I, I'm not crazy. Um, no, definitely. I wanted to talk to you. I'll, I'll tell you. I, I told you before we turned the mics on, but I had Michael Gracie on, who directed Pink in Yours documentary about the yeah, great guy great guy and i watched the documentary and i was watching you and one of the reasons i wanted to talk to you i was like i could see the work that you guys put in your relationship and i could see the work that you put in on you because i'm doing the same thing in my in my marriage because it's mm-hmm. the most important thing to me and i just you had your priorities in order and the honesty in which you guys face your individual uh things you want to overcome to make the unit better does that make any sense yeah yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tricky. You know, I mean, from the outside, you know, people look to musician, musicians or even myself as an action sports guy, like, Oh, you know, it's rock and roll and late nights and good times. And, you know, there was a time and a place for that, but yeah. that dynamic drastically changed when you have, you know, two successful grown adults, two children, um, balancing of two careers. Yeah. Um, and it gets a little complicated and without that hundred percent commitment, it just doesn't work. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll be, totally honest, you know, the, the first tour with child when it was just Willow, it was a huge, uh, acclimation process, you know, getting used to no matter how late we stay up post show, Willow's going to wake up at eight o'clock in the morning. Cause she's on tour hours, yeah. you know? Like, so there, there's a big, you know, there's a massive, massive responsibility for my wife on stage and the machine that she has built and the professional boss that she is, mm-hmm. but there's also a big responsibility on my side. You know, it's, it's, keeping the kids quiet in the hotel room and it's, you know, making sure Willow's doing her homeschool and it's making sure that, you know, Alicia's staying healthy and protecting her voice. You know, like there's mm-hmm. a lot of weight that I have to pull and, you know, I, I'm not patting myself on the back by any means. I mean, there's a lot of amazing fathers out there, 
But I think, you know, to be able to put my ego aside, <clears throat> my chest beating aside, you know, I'm, I'm a big badass dirt bike rider and play dad for yeah. two and a half months or two and a half years at a time on tour. I think there's something to be pretty cool to be said for that. That's what, yeah, that's what I just really responded to. And I was went, this guy transcended me for we, you know, yeah. to connected to that unit. And, and the way you guys did it uh, or, or continue to do it is, is, is inspirational, admirable. And one of the things I took from it to try and help me is um, I think pink actually said it. It's not, your life is just one big thing. You know, yeah. you're flowing from one thing to the other. And I think that that helped me rather than say, well, my career is good, but I got to pay more attention to the world. If you look at it as one big thing, you just look at the circumstances yeah. you're faced with, like, how do I want to do this now? Is that, did, did you guys find that to be uh, helpful? Well, we've always kind of had to do that dance, you know? I mean, if going back to when we first started dating to present day, mm. there's always been a dance of her career, my career, you know, uh, when we're going to, I mean, you know, honestly speaking, we didn't even live under the same roof until two years after we were married because home was a tour bus or a hotel room. Sure. So, you know, I mean, we still have to do that to this day. You know, like when we come off tour, I do a, I feel that I do a pretty good job on maintaining my career while we're out on tour. Obviously mm -hmm. I can't go to every appearance or every event that my sponsors may need me to, right. but then the pendulum swings the opposite way when we get off tour then I can kind of put my career as a priority and, you know, where my wife's, you know, spending more time with the kids and it's just how the pendulum kind of swings, but it's, it's a very uh, tricky dance because I can't completely immerse myself in my career right. and say yes to every appearance because then my family and my kids will suffer due to that. So it, I'm not saying it was an easy, easy process to figure out. It's taken 15 years to get it pretty well fine tuned, but mm -hmm. we have our glitches once in a while as well you guys met before, like you were a big time motocross guy. Pink didn't hit you. I, th I think it was uh, get the party started was, was the big, was the big bang for, for pink. But you guys met before that. And if I, when I do my research, I think you had a, you, you had a, an F three fifty. you had a big old Ford. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing is, you know, I was, you know, arguably approaching the peak of my career. Right. Um, you know, I was <clears throat> making great money and, you know, I was a household name at that time due mm -hmm. to, you know, the flip and all that stuff. And she just released her second album and was still kind of on her up, you know, on the early part of her upward trajectory. So there, you know, and that's the thing. I, I think one thing that was a, a very, uh, it's a very grateful lesson I learned in my life. Um, it was very humbling is that, you know, I'm a big fish in a little pond, you know, mm -hmm. I, I was the dude in motocross <clears throat> yet two years or so after dating, you know, after I do my flip and after I've been on, you know, all the late night talk shows. And I think, um, you know, the best thing since sliced bread, I go to an MTV music awards and people don't even know my name or they're screwing my name up and they're saying, Hey, can you step out? Can we get a single shot of pink on our own? And it was kind of like, wow, like there's a much bigger world out there than my little world. And it was one of the best life lessons I ever learned because it's like, there's always going to be someone bigger, better, more popular. Yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for the life that I have. I'm grateful that, for the career that I've had and I don't take it for granted. See, that's great. That, that, that attitude is great. It's just like, you know, if you stay in your lane, mm. there's stuff to see, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. If, if, if you can, I always look, I always bring it back to cars, Carrie. I'm like, if I'm yeah. stuck in my lane, I'm looking forward to look at what I can see. If I want to get out of this lane, I'm looking behind me. I got to check the mirrors. <laughs> I'm distracted from moving forward. Was that Absolutely. a was that a big adjustment for you or did it come? I mean, it, it had to be, uh, I'm guessing you and pink to, to, 
Because to have the focus to accomplish what you guys have accomplished is hard enough to do on your own. To do that and to raise what, I, what obviously I saw was a pretty well-adjusted and honest family, that's fucking hard. <laughs> um, I mean, yes and no. Uh, I think because we kind of grew up together. I mean, we mm-hmm. met, I think I was 26, she was 22. Right. We were kids, we were puppies anyway. So we've kind of grown up to, together. Um, you know, th- I think that was sort of the easier part. Like, I think we could each relate because of where she was in her career and I was in mine. Mm-hmm. We kind of had peers to bounce, right. you know, certain situations where, you know, like even in your position, you know, like if you get into a big spotlight situation, it's kind of hard to call your buddy from high school who's swinging a hammer for a living and see if he can relate to what you're going through. Right. So I think that was one of the, the good aspects of it. But then, you know, I think the harder part is, is, you know, being a couple, you know, kind of a high profile couple, you know, or in our little world, the scrutiny and, you know, the tabloids of the, of the early 2000s and mm-hmm. all the crap that goes along with it. You know, it's, it's not easy on a relationship either. Yeah. Yeah. But I tell you, the kids look happy. The kids look great. I mean, again, again, I was just watching the documentary and that's that's to me, that's the ultimate uh, uh, reflection because there's no filter. <laughs> there's no, they, no. They, they just, just, just being, you know? Yeah. I mean, that documentary, we were shooting 18 hours a day for yeah. a couple of months. So while you, you were on tour playing Wembley. Yeah. And, you know, and while, you know, when you're waking up in the morning and here comes Michael sneaking in with his sound guy, you know, capturing, you know, fly on the wall moments. So you you can't, you can't fake it. You can fake it for a minute, but the truth's going to come out. And Mm -hmm. honestly, as it pertains to my kids, you know, I think, you know, it, it, it can be scrutinized either way. I mean, it has been, but I think, you know, my wife touched on the documentary, you know, my kids are children of the world. You know, when we're home, we live in a very small town. We live a very normal lifestyle, my wife's part of the PTA, you know, I take the kids to the BMX track. I mean, we're a very, very normal, normal family. But on the flip side, my kids get to go travel the world. They get to be because of my wife's camp being 200 plus people from dancers to band to riggers and everybody, they get to see and be around all diversities of of the world. You know, they get to experience what Europe's like and Australia's like and South America's like. So I think, for well-rounded kids, it's, it's amazing. Like, I mean, they're, they're getting life lessons that most people don't see in a lifetime, let alone Jameson being four and a half and Willow being 10. Yeah. And you, you, you can see the way the kids communicate. And that was one of the things when I was reading about Pink and you, you had to learn to speak the same language that was yeah. an issue in the relationship. And that crystallized something in my, like, I, I think my wife knows what I'm thinking because she's so good at knowing me. Yeah. You know, communication's key and, hmm. you know, parenting and co-parenting, you know, it's, it's important to be on the same page and, you know, have the same agendas. And, you know, it's just, again, it's just no matter what our day job is, is having that normal foundation and that grounded foundation to parent our children and to be responsible for our children and to raise them properly. Yeah. I speak caveman and I have no patience. You know, I just, yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't, if it doesn't fit, I hit it with a bigger hammer. So, <laughs> yeah, but, but I, I, what I noticed in my, when you say about communication is I'm, what's the bottom line? What do I need to fix, kill or paint? You know, yeah. well, how yeah. does this end? It can get tricky. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I mean, that's, it's definitely nothing that I've mastered. Um, I think I'm doing <laughs> yeah. right, but maybe the communication side, I think we can all do a little better at, but yeah. you know, you, you learn from your mistakes and move forward. I think it was either you or Pink said something in a, an interview that you both came from because your, your parents were divorced. Her parents 
think her, she was raised by her mother. Uh, and yep. you said, I think she said of your two families is our two families gave up and that's fine. And we're not going to give up. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm sure I can speak on behalf of many people. Marriage isn't easy. It's a, sure. it's a constant, it's constant work. And, uh, you know, we're going to go kicking and screaming <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, who knows, you know, I, I think, I think one thing we both kind of are very good at is learning from either past mistakes or mistakes our parents have made. You know, yeah. I, I try not to follow <clears throat> some of the habits that are ingrained in my family's heritage. And I think mm -hmm. she tries to do the same and just, just be better and learn from it. I mean, no, no one's perfect and we are far from it, but we're just putting our best foot forward. Yeah. And, and something's either, Carrie, something, something from your childhood, your past, it's either a warning or an example. Exactly. You know, and I'm trying to, well, what I'm doing now is, again, what I'm trying to not do of the, the example I got was, was the yelling. I just, you know, for some reason, I turn into Ralph Cramden. I don't know why. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just screaming. And I can't, because if once I get in that emotional state, I can't, I, I, I'm just reacting to that emotion rather than being present in the moment. So that, that's one thing I'm, yep, I, I'm working on. I can definitely be guilty of that. I mean, just trying to acknowledge it and be smarter and yeah. learn from it. You know, I don't think there's any magical formula. I, I think it's, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head earlier. You know, as an example, if, you know, if your family has a history of alcoholism and you see yourself going on that same path, be aware, you know, yeah, yeah. make a change. Yeah. You know, just simple, simple things that some people just can't seem to look past. Yeah. And it's getting past the idea of how you think should be and how you think things have to go in order to feed whatever idea you have of yourself. Totally. And you know what? It's really easy to throw your hands up and be like, well, this is my destiny. My old man did it. My grandpa did it. So yeah. I'm going to do it. Well, yeah. you can, you can change. Yeah. People can change. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's the one thing I got from, from you two is you're, you're, you're in it together. My wife and I are in it together. And I just, I really admire the fact that not only do you, can you, you you're the first one to flip a fucking motorcycle, but your priorities and, th and your charity work and the things you did. And I really, really enjoyed. I felt like I was part of your family for that hour. It was great. It was really, really well. Oh, I mean, that's awesome. You know, it, it's kind of funny that, <clears throat> you know, I don't want to speak on behalf of Michael, but, you know, there, there was sort of a direction with this documentary mm -hmm. when, you know, it first came to surface, you know, it was more about the tour and the road to Wembley and all these other things. But, you know, once, once we all landed in Europe and the cameras were rolling, not really knowing the family dynamic and not understanding how mm. hands-on of a mother that she is, you know, and, and, you know, I don't want to speculate, but I don't know of anyone that does it the way she does. Right. So I think the narrative kind of took a little bit of a change in direction once, you know, everything was up and filming. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you guys, I, I think Michael had the, the good artistic sense to seize on that because it was something like I've never seen before. And just getting back to the, the, uh, the thing that, that Pink brought from her family when she was talking about, you know, her childhood and grew up. One of my favorite things, Carrie, in the movie was when her, the, the, her fifth, fifth grade birthday party, she invited everybody. Nobody shows up. And her mother went, well, we're going to make this special. Me and yeah, that was, exactly. I was just like, oh, right. where's Pink's mother? Where's Mrs. Pink? I got to give her a hug. <laughs> Well, and that's a great thing, you know, like something at the time at a five-year-old, it's so tragic. It's probably the birthday party that stood out the most of their whole life. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I said, I highly recommend it. It's called uh, Pink, All I Know So Far. Uh, I, and I thank you so much for all the, the, your, your charity work 
for helping the military families. And uh, okay. if, I, if I had money and, and talent, I would buy one of the street bikes, but I'll, I'll kill myself and others. Well, I'll tell you what, if you ever get the itch, come out to an event, I can get a loaner Indian for you. We don't have to go 90. Okay. My, my, theory, my theory on V-twin motorcycles is if you're going too fast, no one can see you. Yeah. You know, it's all about looking cool on your bike. So if you ever get the itch, come on out for an event. We'll go cruise around and uh, I'll show you the cool side of the events. I, I certainly will. And thank you for my time, my friend. Best to you and the family. All good. Thank you. The ADD interview was brought to you by cruiseintowellness.com. Yes, you know it. Cruiseintowellness.com. That's where you go for all your CBD needs. Now, let's say you were a motorcycle racer and you broke 80 bones in your body. Not 80 individual bones. I, I broke quite a few of them two and three times. Still, it seems to hurt. And where do you go for relief? Cruiseintowellness.com. They have pain creams, edibles, tinctures, bath products, pet products, and you know how much I like the gummies. So you go there and take off 20% with the coupon code ADAM. 20% off anything they have at cruiseintowellness.com. Go. Feel better. I'm Carrie Hart, and that's 30 minutes I'll never get back. I really like that guy. He's an all-around badass that does shit for charity. I'm like, ah, oh, I've done nothing with my life. Hey, <laughs> yeah. raise hell, ride motorcycles, and have fun. Love it. Yeah, man. All I know is that dude and I lead completely different lives, man. A bad day for him, <laughs> he's in an ambulance. You know what I mean? A bad day for me is, you know, I eat too much ice cream cake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and your lactose intolerance, which explains why you can't poo at the home office. Oh, oh my, my God. Oh, my goodness. Let's not start this in the second half. All right. All right. Fine. <laughs> Please. Like I told you, he, he he's doing the work, you know, and the family is still a priority. I was like, ah, this is this is just a centered dude that I want to hang out with and ride a motorcycle and try not to embarrass myself. Yeah, he's a centered human being, but they they both seem that way. And mm -hmm. that they live in a small town and she's still on the PTA and he's, you know, helping out all that. I mean, come on. He's like an all-around guy. I mean, he builds, he rides. Mm -hmm. He's um, he's pretty cool. I liked uh, when you said, I just don't have that competitive edge. Mm -hmm. I mean, you either have it or you don't. Yeah, he's got both. He's got compassion for other human beings and a killer instinct on the track. I, you know. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I, I kind of like the fact that you didn't take the lemon race any further, Adam, because... You would have been dead. I would have been all right, but I would have pit maneuvered that old guy in that VW bus. And I would have <laughs> I would have felt awful. <laughs> Here's what I learned from that race. I would rather take physical pain than long lasting guilt and regret. That's what I would rather do. The funny thing is, wow. maybe that guy would have like did something in reverse and you would have flipped. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just don't know what those things you, you have to really you know, put in the time and just know, I'm, I mean, it's, it's almost like being having another sense, you know, people yeah. like Carrie have another sense that most of us either don't cultivate or mm -hmm. don't have, or, yeah, you know, so, you know, the fact that he has that sense and mm -hmm. he's such an, you know, seems to be such an awesome guy is just really rare. And I, I'm so glad that we get to meet people like this.
Yeah, me too. But and the more I think about it, he's really starting to annoy me now. You know, he really is. <laughs> and he's not bad looking at him. Just keep piling on, Ferrara. Go ahead. I'm just saying. Yeah, why don't you bring up his charity work? And he helps veterans. What'd you I, today, Adam? Adam, <laughs> I when he said that, I'm like, and he helps veterans. This guy is, you know, 100% go to that charity. I was like, oh my goodness. All right, fine. Show's over. I, I have no. <laughs> Life is hard. Take it easy on yourself. And then Elias go to hell. I'm hey, I, I want you to know that I, I crush on Pink, too. So they're, they- You crushing on Pink? Well, I always crush on Pink. She's just a badass. He's a badass. Their kids are cute as hell. Yeah. You know? I tell you what, I love I, I love Pink's mother. When, oh, when, yeah. When that, adverse- how great is she? Yeah, when adversity hit her kid in the fifth grade, no one showed up. She's like, this is going to be the best birthday you ever had. I love that woman. She did a that great That was amazing. Yeah. yeah, that was amazing. I yeah. said that on the other show, too. That's what I took from the documentary. I'm like, yeah, look at that lady. Yeah. Look at her. If she was in a subway, I would buy her a life jacket. I don't know how either of you guys do any of this, man. When I was a kid, I wanted to be Evil Knievel. Did you know that about me? I suspected it, Phil. Honey, I don't know if you know this, because when I first uh, met Phil, he was wearing a cape and Shut a helmet. Up. And... <laughs> Shut up, Adam. No, I did, man. I wanted to be evil Knievel. I just love the fact. Remember that? Remember that time he, he jumped all those cars and he was like flipping, flipped around like 90 different times and he yeah. broke every bone in his body. I was like, that guy's cool, man. Right. That's who this guy reminds me of. You know what I mean? And so, but the closest I ever got was a moped. That's as close as I mm-hmm. ever got. I had a moped with a chamber on it. It went 45 miles an hour and I was jumping uh, like we set up a, <laughs> a, um, a mock ramp with like mm-hmm. plywood and a barrel. It wasn't safe at all and i'm jumping the thing i was i was an idiot i was an idiot i was an idiot kid mm. <laughs> on a moped on a moped yeah i was evil I like, can evil on a moped obviously the early years of evil i was on a budget okay i couldn't afford a motorcycle funny. Man. yeah but but i'm telling you man i was trying i was gonna build a ramp i was ready to go i was getting it all ready and then i burned my leg on the tailpipe and i was done <laughs> that was it for me i love it evil taken out by a blister <laughs> Yeah. And then Phil went to his mother. Ma, sell this. I'm done. <laughs> Buy me a magic yeah. kit. Yeah. Cut to the garage sale. Will you take 50 bucks? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Is this human flesh on the exhaust? It'll burn off. <laughs> uh, I do have to say, I liked when he invited you to go for a ride. And you're like, well, I don't know. And he goes, look, you don't have to go 90 because if you're going too fast, no one can see you. Oh, believe me, honey. If I was riding motorcycles with Carrie Hart, I'd want everybody to see me because yeah. it could be the last time. I'm probably going to hit something and burst into flame. So, <laughs> Just, Adam, <laughs> yeah. hopefully that won't happen. But please, please don't wear the same thing you wore when you did the Top Gear episode in Sturgis. Why? What did I wear? Oh, my goodness. I'm going to put a what photo did he wear? so everybody can see what you guys wore. You guys look oh, the ridiculous. Chaps? Yeah. Oh, Oh, the chat. We look ridiculous on Top Gear. Have you? Did you not notice that that's the goal of the show? Oh, my goodness. I was like, oh, you know, I, of course, I knew it was scary. You riding a motorcycle. But I'm like, mm. what is he wearing? <laughs> that's what she was afraid yeah, of. That's she what was, I, I was thinking. What she wasn't afraid wearing? of a compound fracture. She no. was afraid of, oh, there's going to be online ridicule. I can see it now. <laughs> I've never seen you in chaps, and I hope I never do again. Live to ride, baby. (laughs) 
I want to thank Carrie Hart for being my guest. Uh, he's a, a really, like I said, an adrenaline-fueled renaissance man, and uh, I'm grateful he's made some time for us. Honey, if they want to get a hold of us, where do they go? Ferrara at Gmail. And if you get a chance to leave us a review, that actually helps us with our friend. Mr. Algorithm. And the show's growing, and it's all because of you. We are very, very grateful. So tell someone you love about the show, uh, and we will see you guys next week. And please remember, life is hard. You take it easy on yourself. The pot has ended. Go in peace. I have uh, walked into a bathroom or two with mm-hmm. certain smells. Right. I think we should go a little easy on Phil. I'm, I understand. Go to the bathroom when it's pouring rain. I, I understand, honey. But here's the thing is, is I, I own the house. I have the right to kill it. <laughs> I am so glad I don't have a digestive system or a nose.